this morning. God, we just want to be a people who come wholly surrender to you. God, we thank you for this time that we've just been able to be in your presence. And we just pray that, God, that you would just speak to our hearts through the word that you've given Brother Lee this morning. God, have your way in us. Have your way in us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 3. 2 Samuel chapter 3. All right. Heard a neat story this morning. This guy was uh, traveling all 50 states. And uh, he decided that as he traveled across those 50 states, he would visit churches in all those states. And so he makes his way to the West Coast. And he walks into a church and he sees a little booth in, on the side of the building. And the booth said, prayers for $25,000. Speak directly to God for $25,000. He said, man, that's pretty high. He goes to another church there in the West, and that church had a little booth in there, and it said, the sign said, speak to God for $15,000. He thought, my stars, that's expensive to be able to speak with God. And he comes to Texas, and there's a booth there, and the booth has a sign that says, speak to God for 25 cents. He thought, well, what a deal that is. And he goes up to the preacher and he said, hey, I've traveled around in, in the West to speak to God. It's $25,000 and $15,000. Why is it so cheap here? And the pastor said, from Texas, it's a local call. Wow. That's good. I thought about that after uh, the brother told me that story. And I thought, probably half the congregation don't know what a local call is, do we? <laughs> We used, to have, we used to have long distance charges, by the way, if y'all don't know that. And so you didn't call Aunt Susie, except if you had a plan for a special time. So anyway, good to be here. Y'all helped Debbie this week. So today, the lesson is simple or complicated living is a choice that we make. Simple or complicated living. Now, I surrender all. We sang that this morning in two or three different ways. I surrender all. Now, that's a process. Now, we surrender at salvation, but as life goes on, we learn to surrender. And none of us completely surrender at salvation. It's a learned thing. 
As we grow in Christ, we surrender all. We surrender all at the moment of salvation as all that we know we surrender. And as we grow in Christ, we surrender all. And the all changes. The all changes. Now, if, if you compared what I understood about living for Jesus at my salvation compared to now by, by comparison's sake, what I understand about living for Jesus now compared to then, then looks very thin. Then at salvation, there was simple belief and trust, and I wanted forgiveness. That's pretty much it for me. And that is pretty much it for everyone. But as time goes on, we learn to surrender all. We learn to follow the Holy Spirit. We are called on to not live according by the flesh, but to live according to the Spirit. And we learn to follow the Holy Spirit. For us to learn to follow the Holy Spirit, there is a subduing of the flesh. There's a change in how we think. There's a change in how we approach things. And, and that, that discipline of changing from living according to flesh to living by the Spirit takes time, and it's a difficult process to go through. It, it, I, the way that I look at it, some of us, flesh was so strong in us, that truck is really stuck in the ditch, and you got to get a big truck to pull it out, or a tractor, or a big wrecker or something, and there's got to be a lot of energy expended to get that truck out of the ditch. Now, there's a lot of energy expended in a lot of friction that takes place when we learn to live according to the Holy Spirit. When we learn to surrender all. And most likely in your life, this is the normal thing for a growing believer, is you think back to your life and, and you say, my understanding of surrendering, surrendering all is much different than it was a few years ago and I'm learning to surrender all. I'm learning to walk according to Spirit. Now, the lesson for us today is this. One of the lessons that's really important for us to understand is following God, living according to His instructions, living a life that pleases God is simple, not complicated, okay? It's a simple life, not a complicated life. Fact is, if you look at your life and you see that your life is very complicated and it seems like there's lots of issues and there's lots of things that are taking place and there's lots of pieces that seem to be missing from your life and from your decision-making and your way of going about things, very complicated, then you need to take a step back and you need to ask yourself that question. You ask the Lord that question, Lord, what have I missed along the way? I've missed something. There's something not right because my life seems to be more complicated as time goes by rather than more simple as time goes by. Now, caution here. Simple is not related to difficult. Complicated is not related to difficult. You can be living a life in the Spirit and a life by faith and a simple approach to following the instructions of the Lord and your life is very difficult. There are hardships. There, there's, 
there's suffering, there's persecution. There's things that, that just don't go right. There are, there are difficult circumstances that you've got to endure through. The Bible tells us very clearly that following Jesus, we will be hated. Following Jesus, we will have problems. Following Jesus, we will be tempted. We will have all these things happen. But the difference is when we are living a simple life, we are not adding to the complication of problems. Now, a complicated life, many of the overwhelming problems that are experienced in that complicated life of not being obedient to the Lord, they're problems that people themselves have created. In other words, that problem would have been there if they would obey the Lord simply and just done what the Lord wanted them to do. But since they did not follow the Lord simply, they have more complications as a result of that. And so learning to walk by the Spirit, learning to surrender all is a simple process, not a complicated process. And so at the end of our message day this afternoon, give yourself, go on the back porch, the front porch, wherever your hiding place is or getting alone place is, and do some serious you know, consideration. Have some conversation with God. Is my life simple or complicated? How am I approaching things? What am I doing? Where am I at? And, and see what you can discover. So here we go, 2 Samuel chapter 3. Now, just because the Bible says David did something doesn't mean it's right, right? It just means this is the way it was. And so today, when we read this scripture today, uh, we are going to find that David begins to build himself a number of wives and families. Now, just because David had many wives does not mean that's the way to go. Just because he, he uh, did a certain thing doesn't mean the Bible is condoning what he's doing. The Bible is just saying this is the way it was. This is what David did. And we need to take some other scriptures to help us discover what in the world is going on here with David. In verse 2, these are the sons who were born to David in Hebron. And three weeks ago, we talked about that he asked the Lord where to go, and, and the Lord told him to, that it was time to go back to Judah, and he said, where? And the Lord instructed him to go to Hebron. And so 600 of his fighters, all in all their families, go with him to Hebron. And so this is what happens in Hebron. These are the sons who were born to David in Hebron. He lives in Hebron for seven and a half years, and, and David was not only busy building the kingdom, consolidating the kingdom, but David was busy in other areas as well. The oldest was Amnon, whose mother was Aniam from Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel. Now he brings those two with him to Carmel. But that wasn't enough. And so he adds a third, the th a third wife. The third was Absalom. The third son born in Hebron to him was Absalom, whose mother was Makkah, the daughter of Tamai, king of Geshur. Now, this wife, Makkah, was a political decision that he made. He made a political decision. 
He can have peace with Geshur if he takes a, 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 a wife from there. And so he does. And he takes the daughter of the king. Guess who comes along as a result of that relationship? His son named Absalom. Oh, boy. He's going to have problems with Absalom. We're going to talk about those problems. You're going to learn about those problems. David is complicating his life. The fourth was Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith. The fifth was Sheftiah, whose mother was Abital. And the sixth was Ithrim, whose mother was Egla, David's wife. And then it just concludes this point of Scripture by saying, these sons were all born to David in Hebron. Because he now has six wives doesn't mean it's right. He actually has seven. You remember Michal. And in our study the next week or so, she'll be coming back into the picture, and David requested it, and he further complicates his life. Can you imagine having seven families to contend with? How difficult that would be. Can you imagine how many meetings he's got to have just to be the king and to, to consolidate everything? And now he's got to tend with seven wives and all the children that come with those wives. Now, the reason why he did it was is because kings like to show off. And it was like showing how powerful you were, how strong you were to have lots of families. It's a bad idea, David. He makes a mistake, and it wasn't pleasing to the Lord. Let's look at some other scriptures to show that what David is doing here is not following what the Lord wants, and not following what the Lord wants complicates life. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. That's a good thing. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't the buffalo, it wasn't the cow, it wasn't the snake, it wasn't the, the jaguar that, that was needed for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while the man slept. The Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no Shame. What a deal that was. Can you imagine how wonderful life was for Adam and Eve at this moment? You got all the garden. You got all the animals. 
You got all the fruit that's in the garden. You got all the veggies. You got all this stuff going on. I mean, you can have T-bone every day with a little bit of potato and, and some tomatoes and fruits and, and those wonderful pluots that come from Israel. I mean, it, I, would, I would just eat a bushel of pluots every day. I don't know what a pluot is, but if you ever walk by a pluot in Israel, pick it up, buy it. Doesn't matter what it costs. It's the most, it's ice cream in a big peach looking thing. They're wonderful, and they've got all this wonderful stuff, and they're naked and unashamed. You know why we're ashamed of being naked? Sin, right? That's why we're ashamed. That's why we can't be naked walk around. That's why it causes so much problems. That, that's why if you ever go fall yourself on a nude beach, you're thinking, they're the weirdos, i got to get away from here. Because it's just too complicated. It's way too complicated because of sin. And here they are, man and wife, both naked, and felt no shame until they disobeyed the Lord and ate of the only fruit that they were told not to eat. Isn't that amazing how man went about things, Adam and Eve? They can eat all the fruit that's in the garden except one, leave one alone. You got thousands, but they wanted the one and sin entered the world, and complication entered the world. Life got very complicated from that point. And we learn in, in chapter 3 that after they ate of that one fruit that they weren't supposed to, they hid from God. And then the animal had to be sacrificed to cover the sin that they now experience. Matthew 19. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Jesus answers, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. Now, God's simple plan is marriage is to be of one woman and one man. That's why same-sex marriage is so complicated. It doesn't add up. It, the parts don't fit. It doesn't make sense. It's not what God planned. Haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. Simply, that's enough. We don't need to entertain anything else. Everything else that you would entertain as marriage is complicating matters. My dad and mom came out to California with us this last week, and he was really bothered by what he calls the he-she bathrooms. They're all over the place. And I've noticed that a lot of establishments now, they have closed the man's bathroom and the lady's bathroom, and they just got one. Everybody can use it. Now, most of the places we went, it's just a one holer, and they locked the door behind you, and he liked that the best. But the ones that have got lots going on, he walked out and he said, this he, she stuff is really a problem. Made it complicated. Made it complicated. i tell you something else we've made it complicated is male and female. It's way too complicated in the world circles today. A little four-year-old boy comes out of his bedroom in the living room with his dad and mom are sitting, 
and he says, look, Dad, I'm a girl. And he's got a necklace on, he's got a, his mom's hat on, and, and he's got, you know, some gloves on or something like that. He says, look, I'm a girl. And the dad said, no, you're not. You're a boy. Go take that off. And he went, okay. And the little four-year-old boy goes back into his bedroom, takes off the necklace, gives it back, comes back out, gives it to his mom, and he's a boy. It was real simple, wasn't it? Now, what's going on in our world today is not simple with that. If, if a little boy comes out, the world is saying to us, if the boy, little four-year-old boy comes out and, and, and he's got girls, he's got a doll with him or something, and he's got girl, the things that girls play with, then we need to honor that. We need to nurture that. Absolutely not. Don't nurture it. That complicates things. He's not a girl. If a little girl wants to be a boy, you're a girl. Can you be a tomboy? Yes, by all means, be a tomboy, but you're a girl. You're a girl. Can a boy be sensitive to things? Yeah, but he's a boy. Don't complicate matters. Jesus backs up what Genesis has to say. Marriage is a male and a female. And they come together to be one. You can't be one if you got lots of them. You can't. So, so polygamy is not according to the scripture. Polygamy is not according to scripture. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what they believe. It doesn't matter what's going on. God's instructions are very clear. One. One male, one female become one. It's a beautiful thing. But that's not where David's at. That's not what he's doing. David is not following the instructions of the Lord. And he's making his life complicated, far more complicated than it needed to be. Deuteronomy 17, 17. This is speaking about the king. Moses says, now one day, this is not going to be enough for you. What God has ordained is not going to be enough for you. You're going to look around and you're going to see that other countries have kings and you're going to want one. Now, he, he's not saying that's right. He's saying that's what's going to happen, much like the story here with David and his wives. And, and Moses said, when that day comes, here's some instructions for the king. The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from the Lord. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth in silver and gold for himself. Why? Because it will turn his heart away from the Lord. Complicates things. The lure of wealth complicates things, doesn't it? When money is our God, when the idol is money, it complicates things. When there is such a craving to be God, it complicates things. 
When we want to be the driver of our own car, it complicates things. When we are not willing to surrender all, it complicates things. We are not created to be our own boss, to be our own Lord, to be the king of our own life. We are made, we are wonderfully made, we are created to worship God and to follow His instructions. And when we choose not to do that, then life is very, very complicated. Life is very complicated. Now, probably none of us in here has got more than one wife. We're probably doing pretty good with that down here. But there are other things in there that's clearly said in Scripture that we have chosen not to do, and it's complicated our life. How about loving our enemies? We've chosen not to love our enemies. That's complicated life. How about forgiveness? We have chosen, we're not going to forgive. There are certain people we won't forgive, we can't forgive, we're not going to forgive. That complicates matters. What about living by the Spirit? I'm going to live the way I want to. I'm going to, I've got goals, I've got dreams, I've got ambition, I'm going for it. I, I'm, just going to, I'm just going to give what I believe I can give to God and the rest of it's mine. And that's just not talking about money, that's talking about everything in the person's life. Complicates life. Complicates living. God has made us that we worship Him and we, we understand what He wants and we respond to what He wants. Marriage for one man and one woman. When this instruction is not followed, life is complicated. Kings are not to take many wives. The wise will turn the heart away from the Lord. David didn't follow this instruction, and his life was complicated. We are going to go through 2 Samuel, and we're going to see David between a rock and a hard place more than once, more than twice, over and over and over. David finds himself between a rock and a hard place because he doesn't follow all of the Lord's instructions. And the lesson for us is very clear. Complicated or simple? Complicated or simple. You can live a simple life and there's lots of problems, lots of issues, lots of struggles. But the response is simple and freeing. A complicated life can have lots of problems. Many of them are man-made. Many of them are things that we had decided to do and we're experiencing the result of that. And the handling those issues are very, very complicated. Something you think about today. Simplifying your life requires obedience. Living the simple life is not about instant gratification. It's not about your dreams and goals. It's not about comparing yourself with other people. It's not about setting out to make others pleased with you. It's about following the instructions of the Lord. Is God pleased with your decision making? 
What does the Lord want? First question. What does the Lord want? That's where you begin. Very simple question, isn't it? What does the Lord want? Is there a higher good or better outcome if I use these resources, this time, this money, this energy in another way? Good question to ask yourself. Will the decisions that I make, will it simplify or complicate my world? Will my decisions honor God or not? How much better it would have been for David if he would have realized that Deuteronomy 17, 17 says, the king shall not take many wives. That means the king should have only one wife. He's got three now before Hebron. One's not with him, but he can't stand that. And he wants the promise to be fulfilled and he wants her back. David chose the complicated road and it complicated his life. So your world today, your decision is not many wives. Hopefully, it's not many wives. Hopefully, your decision is to be faithful to the wife that you have and be faithful to the husband that you have and to grow more into that oneness that God desires for you. But what are the things in your life are causing complicated things to happen? are causing you to have too many irons in the fire, are, are causing you to, to never be at rest, to never be at peace. You're always going, you're always doing. And, and you would say that your life is, is identified more by that rat on that wheel, always running, don't seem to be getting anywhere. That's complicated. That's not what the Lord has for us. I just hope that you go home today and you'll consider David with all these wives and you'll look at your wife and you'll thank the Lord you just got one. And, and she'll look at you and she'll be sorry that she has just one. She said, <laughs> I should have chose a couple more and weed them out a little bit maybe. No, I'm just teasing. And just... Just ask yourself that question. Is it simple obedience that I'm about or am I really making my life way too complicated, more complicated than it sure needs to be? See what the Holy Spirit does in your world today. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful, wonderful truth of your word. We're thankful, Father, today that we can rest and we know, Lord, that truth is simple and lies are complicated. Father, help us just to stand on the truth, rest in the truth, and may our, as Proverbs says, may we crave wisdom like a treasure hunter craves the hunt for treasure. May we crave a hunt for truth and to know what you desire of us. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Ushers, come forward.